That was better. All right, that was good. I am your host, Matthew Mallison. As always, I have my two co's here, Ryan Joseph Berg. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Uh, Ryan, get a little closer to Mike. Or get so, the mic closer to you. Fine. Fine. And now. Scott Cuban. I see a Janet, and that's rad. I see two Janets. Holy crap. Yeah, two Janets. Two Janets. Woo. All right. Uh, and not like always, we are actually live, not live in studio, here at Momocon 2019, everyone. Hello. Also, 1,000% increase in, in uh, attendance. It's uh, panel, yeah, fantastic. It's, good shit, guys. It's, a, it's amazing when we have a better time slot. We've arrived. Yeah, we've uh, arrived. Oh, yeah, I feel like such a big boy now. <laughs> so we are here at Momocon 2019. We very much appreciate that they have allowed us to come here to have this tomfoolery amongst all of you. Uh, for people who are unaware of who we are and what we do, we are Polyhedron. We are a tabletop role-playing game podcast but unlike a lot of other ones we're not about like actual plays though we do some on the side we're actually talking about the the culture and sort of the the methodology of role playing be it live action and or tabletop we get real meta about it yeah yeah we actually talk about we get into the weeds yeah um we and uh so what we're gonna do tonight is uh we're gonna do a little bit of news uh but then we're gonna get into our main topic which is gonna be about session zero it's gonna be super rad and you guys are all gonna be involved i promise oh yeah it's totally interactive totally interactive so let's get on to the news uh so they're gonna make a rick and morty D D supplement sweet I mean, holy it, crap! It makes a lot of sense. So I, I, I watched the uh, like the D and D live event uh, where they have kind of announced and talked about it, and it's not just a supplement or an adventure. It's a hack of the core rulebook under the conceit that Rick Sanchez is your DM. I'm a little scared. Dear God in heaven, that's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be super whack. Just like, um, also, just like um, Acquisitions Incorporated. Yeah, I, I can't care. Yeah, D&D is kind of like really expanding out what their content involves, so which is, is very intriguing. Spencer going to take part in this at all, or is it actually just Wizards? I don't know. I think it's just Wizards. Okay. Um, I think it's just Wizards. I, I think they've got a couple people on board, but like the guy who did the, con- the Rick and Morty D&D comic. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, no, that's uh, things. Um, yeah, uh, other bit of news. This is kind of interesting. It's more in my wheelhouse. Anyone who's familiar with Warhammer 40k and the whole Fantasy Flight and Ulysses Spiel uh, sort of situation. Uh, recently, Ulysses Spiel, or more specifically, Ulysses US, has lost the license or the license have been removed from them by Games Workshop to produce Wrath and Glory, their RPG. It is now in the hands of Cubicle 7. It has recently been, like, within the last week, announced that Cubicle 7 will now be publishing Wrath and Glory. Um, they supposedly have still have the same development team and a lot of other stuff, because Cubicle 7 does stuff with uh, Age of Sigmar, which is the Warhammer fantasy version of, like, the RPG for the Warhammer universe. But this is very intriguing because it was out of the blue. There was like, hey, we're going to make a whole bunch of is like, we're going to make a whole bunch of books. And then we got the base book and there were some laid out issues and then nothing. We Man, that totally invalidates silence. the episode where we, like, totally interviewed that guy, huh? No, Ro- Ro- Ross, is, Ross is still on the team. Okay. <laughs> Ross is on the team, all that stuff. It's just... We didn't hear anything. We were wondering what was going on. No new supplements. They pulled out of panels at some conventions. And then recently, Cubicle 7 said, no, we're taking over the license. That's really weird. Yeah, it's a little weird. I'm interested to see what had been going on in the background. Probably we'll never know. Also in news that you could probably see on CNN, uh, thanks to the tariff situation, role-playing games are going to get more expensive. Yeah, like your dice. Your dice are probably going to get more expensive. Your dice and books and uh, what stuff. It's going to... Be a, a, a thing. thing. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the dark future that we all knew was coming. Um, the darkest timeline. But anyway, yep. uh, I think that uh, sums it up for news. So yep. what we're talking about uh, in this panel, presumably the reason you fine folks are here, uh, is the idea, the concept, the, the, the mechanics of what's been known as Session Zero, uh, which is basically you're running a role-playing game. You're running a tabletop game, and before you actually start rolling dice and playing your characters and getting into the campaign... It's the idea that, you know, either uh, either a, you set aside a specific day or, like, a couple hours before you actually start. Right. So you just sort of sit down, out of play, talk as a table uh, about what the game is going to be about, what the characters are like, you know, what character relationships are like, and just basically get everybody on the same page uh, so that the campaign to come runs a little bit more smooth. Uh, and it's been something that's sort of been 
talked about a lot in a lot of places for a lot of games. We've started doing it for our campaigns, yep. and we've noticed that it's just great. I've been doing it for like 15 years. Yeah. Well, good for you, Ryan. I was, I, <laughs> You're a special boy. I was helping. I was, I was, you know, <laughs> getting everyone together before it was cool, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sort of the thing is they've just recently put a term to it. Beforehand, it was just like, hey, guys, let's come over. Let's make characters. Because yeah, some GMs were like, hey, we're going to make a game. Okay, show up with a character. And they don't, nobody's communicating with anyone else about what do they want to play? What is the game about? What game are you actually running? I think, yeah. I, I, think, I think the whole thing in my group was due to just so many bad experiences with one another and just that exact thing you just said. It's like, okay, we're going to get together and we're going to fucking talk about this. Yeah, because a lot of the time, hurt feelings. people have done it. They've just made a name for it. And now now, and it's actually being coming in published work, like actual books. They're like, say, you all need a session zero. Yeah, uh, V5 is doing yeah, it. Yeah, Vampire 5th Edition. Uh, uh, Wrath of Glory has done it. Because the, basically what they're saying is, in, this, in these books, is you talk about what the setup is so that everyone congeals better around the game and that it, everyone's expectations are managed. I think mm-hmm. that's the core of that. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's basically you just, like, I, like we said, you run through the basics. What is the campaign about? How does your character interact with this character, or how does it interact with your uh, your your organization that you're a part of? Um, it just basically makes everything fit together as a nice big puzzle piece, and it's been super valuable. And I think that we've uh, yeah we've done a couple of them, and it's it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, it's I mean we have we've had a, the Aeon game, which is Trinity Continuum's Aeon, which is a new game, but but you kind of came out the gate with that. It's like, hey guys, we're I'm going to do a Legion game, which is yeah. basically Space Marines, like psychic space marines in uh, in the far future. It didn't take terribly much in the way of, you know, preparation to do Starship Troopers. Well, but I actually gotta do one on Sunday because some people in this room are gonna I'm gonna be running a Scion, a short term term Scion game for them. So excited. And I'm going to have a session zero because I have an idea in my head of what I want to run. And I told them, hey, we're all playing Scion, but you, I don't know what they're going to play. So I don't know how I'm going to fit them into my picture of the universe and how how that story, like story beats, I can pull their characters in so that I can make it more interesting for these guys to play in my game and make it fun for them. Because, I mean, GMs want to have fun, but so do the players and vice versa. So I think, I mean, it's a pretty basic concept. You can't really... uh go on too much about it. But does anybody in the audience have any questions about it? Uh, please up to the mic. Yeah, so that everyone can hear you. You were using as an example the, the V5 system, mm-hmm. which, uh, yeah, uh, was very interesting to run through. Do you think a session zero is served better by having those preparatory questions built into the system? Or is that something that is not really necessary? Mm. Um, I think... Yeah, I think if you have something specific in mind, uh, I think that it does lend some value because it gets everybody thinking about the things that you want them thinking about mm-hmm. uh, and thinking about their characters in a specific way. Maybe you had something more specific in mind. No, um, I, you're right. Now that we clarify that a little, like the relationship maps. Oh, yeah, the relationship maps. Relationship maps, maps being yeah. a very specific object in Session Zero. These That's days. true, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think I think that that model is great, not just for Vampire, but for other games uh, as well. Legend of the Wulin uses something similar to that, and it, it was very, very good at informing. Actually, the relationship map never went away in that game, and uh, in some games it just doesn't go away. They just get more complicated. Mm. <laughs> so they start circling, squaring, there's big... X's everywhere when someone cacks it, hates you now. You know. uh, actually, it's kind of interesting. Uh, when the sons, I've been reading up on Scion, and anyone who's unfamiliar with Onyx Path, it's basically you play the children of gods. Um, literally, all the pantheons have children. And one of the interesting things, they have a thing called fate binding, and it sort of expands on the relationship map because they're like, you literally can pull in NPCs into your sphere and it starts expanding out, and then everyone else can. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, right? You start becoming part of their story, they start becoming yours. And while that's not strictly Session Zero, it definitely starts there. Like, your NPCs that you make from Session Zero, you're like, I have these cool cultists and followers, but they can start attaching themselves to these guys, these other people that aren't strictly you, and it creates this elaborate network based on what you wanted the game to be about. And I think Changeling the Lost would actually benefit from it as well because they oh, have yeah, things where you yeah. build your motley and like the O's that you've sworn to each other. That's perfect second session zero fodder. Um, and that's actually a good point. Session zero is also about why are the PCs, the characters together? 
Like, be like, oh, we're we're an adventuring group. Let's take D and D because that's the stock standard. Well, we're an adventuring group. How are you an adventuring group? For our um, Dungeon of the Mad Mage and uh, Dragon Dragon Heist game, we are like, I came to the table going, hey guys, can we all be criminals? Yeah, we are you all cool with being criminals? We were all in the slam together. Uh, at one point or another, so we all have like stealth as a proficiency, so yeah. that we can sneak everywhere. It's one of the only D and D games where the suddenly there are four people around you and then you die. That, that's <laughs> actually come up more than once. <laughs> Any other questions? Yeah, Welcome. Come Please come up to the mic if you feel comfortable. Uh, hey, uh, does sound okay? Yeah, yeah you're, you're fine. Okay. fine. Um, so uh, my question is more about uh, the sort of social aspects and actually just completely non-game things. Okay. Literally just, uh, you know, wh- why are we here and what do we want out of this? Because I actually had a game kind of this week uh, earlier kind of run into a problem with that where I, I had set out that I said this is a uh, – Sort of a low-key game for me. I've been running super serious stuff. I, it's Dragon Heist. Yeah. Uh, and I just said, you know, I just want this to play sort of light, friendly, whatever. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's going to be D&D and we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, don't don't stress. And I had a player that had made kind of a character that was kind of had a serious backstory and got in a serious situation. And she got very kind of angry with another player that was messing around mm-hmm. uh, as a horse running through a five-foot hallway. Uh, I would know nothing about that and, as I looked uh, at my wife. <laughs> she, I mean, she even expressed feeling bad about being mad about it. Yeah. Um, but it really felt like a mismatch of expectations. And, mm-hmm. I, and I guess my the, the real thing I'd like asked it, or, or answered is essentially what, what are effective ways to get these questions out, these problems Ooh. out before they uh, ever happen? I think being as clear and specific as possible uh like like don't don't succumb to any instinct to sort of uh you know candy coat what you want yeah be as explicit and specific and if you see something if you see if you read that character uh have have the sort of the the presence of mind because it can be difficult to say this doesn't fit but say this doesn't fit yeah like you have to you you if you have something specific in mind and your players have at least tentatively bought on into that you are well within your rights to marshal and and maintain that tone that you are specifically going for so that's uh- I want to add to that uh, because I've been in that kind of situation before. I'm actually kind of in that situation or was in that situation with my Wrath and Glory game. Thankfully, we resolved it sort of last night. Um, Also, here's another thing about Session Zero that's a little bit tricky. You may It definitely helps you think about your game and what you want and what the players expect and everyone's also on the same page. But the page can change as sessions go on. Just like a player doesn't know their character after until a few sessions, like they iron it out. So that's a GM. GM doesn't necessarily know exactly how their game is going to run until they're kind of in it. So also have the frame of mind of if things start getting serious, but that's not what you want, you need to go, guys, let's pause. Let's talk about this out of game, not in character, not in thing, and go, hey, this is not working for me. It's getting too stressful for me. I don't want, I think it's too serious. We need to tile it back or we're just going to drop the game because that's another thing you always have the threat of just don't run the game yeah <laughs> yeah uh, thank you no problem yeah thanks yeah, oh, yeah sure. go in sure. another thing that is to make me work worthwhile is when it comes to those kinds of expectations core expectations of it is don't wait for the don't wait for this session zero um before anybody's even coming there before anybody's brought to the table put out some of those core expectations to it so that people are brainstorming accordingly um, and that by the time they're sitting down for, for session zero, they at least know what page we're on. Uh, yeah, Matt, get short. busy. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, waiting, waiting until session zero at, before telling people this is what we want tonally or this is that, that, that can create a problems unto itself where, where overactively creative folks have come in and they've already got worked themselves up and got some ideas and then you're telling them those ideas are wrong. Um, well, they're I, wrong for the game. They're not wrong, period. Uh, but nonetheless, there can be some friction. I, I, I agree with that. But also the, just the general idea is they come definitely written in the book. If they come with the idea of session zero is where you start ironing out all of the Like session zero should be an entire session yeah. onto itself. And if people come with expectations, they need to – you need to be clear – 
uh, probably beforehand. It's like, yeah. don't come to the table with too much expectations of what you want. Yeah. Either lay it out or tell people don't come with it. You know, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what we will do and build yeah. here. From it. It's when people have had a chance to build and they've started to get going, and then you tell them, nope, you're, this, that path doesn't work. Then you're yeah. starting to create some some tension. Clear communication throughout the entire process is uh, is probably the vote for the best. Yep. Yeah, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead, man. We, we we've got time. This is meant to, yeah, this we're, is meant to be an interactive experience. Yeah, absolutely. I just like to say I I absolutely agree. Um, and did I I did, but you know it's like if I this whole idea of this was a, like a campaign that ends in five levels. Yes, like I was I was so excited about that. Set it in there, and it still happened. Yeah, and, so it ha- and it happened with a player that didn't start thinking about their character until they were there. They just missed it. So and- this is something that I uh, talked about on uh, the Botch podcast that Matthew and I were on a couple nights ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> Betrayal. No, you said you didn't want to do it. I'm not a GM, I know. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, so uh, it was basically a point that I made that um, when you are the GM, um, you're taking on a, a special role, uh, a role that has a lot of responsibility uh, and a lot of uh, expectation uh, because flat out, not everyone does it. Nope. Like not, not everyone has the, the desire to do it or the skill set to do it or, or whatnot. It's, it's a very particular role that you're taking on. And along with that responsibility comes authority. And you are within your bounds to assert that authority when it's appropriate. So that's one of those situations where, like I said before, be very clear, be very precise, and just make it be known if something isn't gelling right, nip it in the bud as soon as possible yeah. in the most, you know, gracious way you can. Yeah, and um, I just had a thought and it went out of my head. Crap. Uh, damn it. Never mind. Moving right on. Great. Uh, <laughs> any other questions from the audience before we... Thank you. Sure. Yeah, come on. Come on oh, up, sir. pause. I, had, I remembered it. Don't, you're good. Uh, 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 suggestion to everyone, uh, Matt Koval is a very wise GM that I listened to, a, uh, listened to a lot. What he did for his latest like live uh, actual play of The Chain of Macaron, which is a D&D game, he did a lot of prep for his work so that his players... Because he basically go, hey guys, I'm going to run this game live. Here are five scenarios. You all pick which scenario you want to start with. And they went with the mercenary company. Then at least he like, okay, they knew what they wanted and he know like everyone knew what each other wanted. And then he started working out from there and then he started handing out more and more pamphlets. So to be a very thorough GM takes a lot of time and effort. Um, so just be aware of that. This way, if you're walking into session zero, because you're taking all of that onto yourself. What's your question, sir? So if you're, if for some reason you're having a new player come into mm-hmm. the game, what would be kind of your suggestion for their session zero? So when do you get them onboarded to the game? How do you kind of get them oriented? Oh, so like onboarding. Oh, Oh, um, boy. uh, I think that's that's a very interesting question because session zero, at least the way we're talking about it, is a collaborative thing. It's everybody at the same table talking about it. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're talking more about like a new player who's like new to the game, doesn't know know the rules, whatnot. Like that might be kind of a more of a one-on-one. Okay. Thing. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm, That's. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, session zero. If, if what we're talking about, a new player would just be a part of the process. Yeah. It would be a, they would be at the same table as everybody else uh, and contributing in the same. Now way. they may be a little bit more behind the curve, mm-hmm. obviously because they're new, they don't understand a lot. But you, you, and the rest of the team can be, which is the table, can talk with them about how to learn what the game is about, Bring how the speed. rules work, how to make a character, all those fun things, and then kind of go through it all so they under have a keen idea about it. Great. Yeah, no problem. Um, uh-oh. Yep. The, uh, I've done those, the Session Zero onboardings with mm-hmm. new players. I did an eight-year Exalted game, and oh boy. I only had one player stay from the same to the end because players left, players died, um, so on. Um, and uh, what we would do whenever a new player came on, a, a group session that was, let's all talk about what, what we're about, what this game has been about, what we're looking for, uh, what might fit in, what ideas you have. And it was almost like part audition, but they were already in mm-hmm. but, right. uh, the idea of how do we figure out, how do we work up to, um, what, what, what will make a good fit so that you can hit the ground running for something without disrupting completely, uh, the narrative. Uh, that something That's to, a great idea. Yeah, something to sort of think about, especially in session zero, because as Michael was talking, I wanted to, I had an eye thought about it is so some tables are going to be very sort of, um, 
abstract and meta with their game. They're like, we know we're playing these characters and we're just trying to create a good story. We have a very top-down view of what's going on. So we're cool with, oh, no, no, you can totally screw over my character. It'll make for a better story. Like, there's a detachment there where some groups or some players are not. They're very much Methodist. They bring it very internal. They go, I am my character. While I'm at this table, I am my character. This is how we operate. So I don't, I don't look at it as if from an abstract point of view. I'm looking from a realistic first person point of view. And so that's something you definitely need because if you've got some players that are like that from that are abstract, some players that are more method and first person, that's going to clash very fast, very hard because some people, again, expectations on everything are going to be different, and when and they class, they cause friction, and if they cause friction, that can dissolve your table. Yeah, you can kind of spot them. If, if it's people you've had experience with before, you can kind of spot it by how they refer to what they're doing. If they say, I do a thing, versus my character's name does a thing, or he or she does a thing, you can actually kind of tell where their headspace goes in terms of how they how they view themselves, in terms of how much of an avatar we're, we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about someone who com- talks about themselves completely detached, you can probably assume... That they're thinking about it in a more meta meta space, mm-hmm. and we'll, and that situation where it's like, oh, you dicked me over. Okay, well, let, we can talk about that. And session zero is a great place to put all of those, all of those things clearly on the table for every player, so that everyone knows sort of what everyone's style is, what everyone's preferences is, so that you you head off a lot of problems and a lot of sticky widgets before they become a problem because everyone should after that session 0 or ha- or, or regular updates to the session 0 know what everybody's deal is also what themes to avoid yeah. which actually comes up a lot like there's a lot of discussion of like what what are the themes of the game and that that's sort of on the gm but yeah it's a time when the player can be like okay there's a couple of things that i don't deal with very yeah. well or i don't have any particular interest in exploring and those, these are those things, and most of the time, unless you're dealing with a Chad the Paladin situation, uh, you know, mo- most people are fine with that. Yeah, and, and I hate to run a parallel here, but uh, uh, people are familiar with, like, uh, like relationships, any type of relationship, depending on what you are, it's all about, like, the consent and being upfront about it, and just mm-hmm. being in front of it, and being able to administrate appropriately. All right, so do we have any other questions from the audience before we roll into the... All right. Janet, I'd love to know what you want to know. Uh, backtracking a little bit to the new player question. Mm-hmm. A few times now, because none of my friends play, but they would like to learn, mm-hmm. and I'm the only one who knows, I DM, and I have a group of three or four people who have never played before, so it's not really a let's surround this one person and help them out. Mm-hmm. It's a me sitting them all down <laughs> oh, and geez. explaining the rules. And so the way I've sort of reconciled that is trying in session zero to explain the rules and then just because they don't even know if I ask, do you like to fight a lot? Would you rather do political intrigue? They don't know what's fun. So then I'll just, we'll do a session zero and then I'll do a quick two room dungeon crawl and a little bit of political intrigue and see what they think. But it's. A complex session zero. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. If that's you can a, think of a way to streamline that, you're doing God's work. You uh, are. Just about to say that. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> um, uh, you, that's great. No, no, that's a great question. Um, um, you just got your work cut out for you. Uh, I definitely recommend go to YouTube. Um, actually, I want this ties into your question and something I thought about. So the reason session zero is sort of a thing now is. Role-playing, tabletop role-playing, is a relatively young ex- human experience. I mean, sure, we've all been around fires and told stories about each other, but we're actually creating this constructive narrative where we all are telling a story to each other collectively, and we're codifying through these rules, these mechanics. And so when I, when I was young, when I started, because I was only like 14, 15, we're talking like the mid-90s, D&D had only been around for 20 plus years at that point, and it was still, and other role-playing games were starting to come up and really become noticed, and it is nowhere the the it is right now, because right now, uh, Matthew Mercer's running a game for Stephen Colbert on YouTube. What the hell? Uh, mm-hmm. And so, we're still learning the rules of, like, how to do this the best way to approach this thing, and for your situation is, you are learning just like they are learning. You're not. You're gonna feel like you need to have all the answers, and you do need to have some answers. But 
be willing to learn from them too and learn together. You, so your idea of a little bit of fighting, a little bit of political intrigue, a little bit of other stuff, that's perfectly fine. You're throwing literal shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> anyway, sir, what do you have a question? Uh, basically, mine is more like a follow-up to hers. Sure. But like, basically, I don't want to... F- like, if I were to... I haven't been a uh, DM, per se. Mm-hmm. So, but the only types of stories that I would want to tell were ones that would be very fluid. Mm, like, right. it would be a basic, like, there's this sort of sandbox idea, and then, like, their actions would tell the story. Mm-hmm. What would your, like, what would your insight into that be? So, I think my insight into that uh, is... You know that that is the that is the big thing that you put out as your, as a DM in your session zeros. So you're like, guys, this is what the game is going to be like. Yeah, your players need to be really self actualized for that to even work. I mean, I've been doing that for I've been doing this for a, a real long time, and I that's that's not a particular game that I would be very good at because every once in a while I do need a storyteller to grab me by the nose and be like, we're doing this now, and so you, you're going to have to look for either look for players that are 100% self-actualized about what they want to do. Proactive. Very, very, very proactive, as in, like, you are you can be hands-off, or you're just going to have to come to terms with the fact that every once in a while, something is just going to try to jump them, and they're going to want to do something about it. Or okay. someone's going to try to dick them over, and they're going to want to react to that. It, it Making a 100% you know, sandboxy world, I think that's why we have video games now. Like, we have a sort of an o- a very open very easygoing thing, but it's really hard to fill an entire world as a blank space and expect them to go around because they don't even know necessarily what's possible. So unless okay. you sit there and give them like a 30-page lore yeah. sheet or something. Yeah, well, they need to, well, as he said, they have to be very proactive. So, but here's the thing, if you're going to be very fluid, that's great, but that's a lot of work, back-end work on you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, you've got to be like, okay, i got to react to this, this, and every, between game sessions after or, the first one. Or you, you need to develop your, your ability to just spin on the fly. And, uh, okay. because that will never react like you think they <laughs> <laughs> yep. She speaks truth. Will we, Matt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this is going to be, because well, you're all going to be godlings, and it's going to be crazy. Um, anything else? Did we answer your question? Yes, you did. Great. Okay. Thanks. All right. So I think we're going to go ahead and start the the, the more uh, punchy interactive part of the thing. If it hasn't already been interactive, you guys Indeed. have been great, by the way. Oh yeah, fantastic. Thank you questions. very much, by the way. Yeah, so great. What's going to happen right now is that we collectively are going to have a session zero. Uh, I'm running a game. <laughs> These two guys are my players, and you, the audience, are our third player. Uh, so we're, we're basically having the conceit that we're deadlocked on every pers- every particular question that we're coming up, and we need one of you to make these tie-breaking decisions, and that's going to shape how we're going to go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, first question. All right, we're at the table. Um, Scott, what what are we going to play? Dude, we're not role playing this. Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have I don't have the juice for that. Uh, uh, but anyway, I say I say we're playing. Shadowrun. We're playing Shadowrun? You, well, want to uh, you guys want to play Shadowrun? Well, I was also thinking Vampire. But, oh, okay, that's one thing. All right. Shadowrun? Shadowrun? All right. Well, hold, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm thinking D... Uh, um, oh, yeah, that's right. D&D. D&D, okay. Yeah, d and I'm thinking All about right. that d d We rehearsed this. We rehearsed this. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, first one up to the mic gets to decide which between those games we're going to play. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, Abby. What? I have no shame. What? I want vampire. a representative. Vampire. <laughs> okay, we're playing vampire. Oh, playing vampire. Get your fangs on, kids. Oh, boy. Everybody gets sad. Get your goth um, boots. <laughs> get very, very sad. All right, so we're playing vampire thanks to our, our tie-breaking third, pl- uh, third player. Uh, so, uh... Well, we're going to play... Uh, I'm going to say we're going to play 5th edition because that's the new section. Is. Okay, of sure. sure. Yeah, so I'm cool the, with that. The, no, sort of the, the core decision that we have out of the box uh, is going to be Camarilla or Anarch. Sure. Absolutely. If you've never played Vampire before, uh, the Camarilla is a centuries-old organization of neo-feudalist fascists. So, um, really super. Uh, super fascists. Not super wrong. Fascists. Um, that seek to tightly control the, the world of the night that is a vampire society. They have these draconian rules that they enforce uh, with absolute uh, t- 
terror. Uh, and the Anarchs wear jean jackets. Indeed. <laughs> and the Anarchs, uh, Anarchs who in the, in the setting have recently split from the Camarilla in a big way, are more younger vampires who think that things should be done in a more free and open way. Much damning of the man. Much damning of the man and much, uh, uh, much shaking of fists and not getting a lot of stuff done because they're anarchists. Um, <laughs> but, democrat- but damn it, they're free. Uh, more democratic policies and, and perspectives. So, Ryan, which one do you want to play? Well, I, I do prefer to damn the man, as always. So, Matthew? Let's damn the man. Okay, you, you totally just missed the, the conceit. Of the, <laughs> I, I want to damn the man. You, you missed the conceit of the project, Matthew. I, did I? What's the, oh, Matt, God, I'll stop taking it. the good ones. All right, fine. <laughs> fine, Matt. Oh, fine. I'll be the bad decisions. guy. Uh, yeah, no, I want to uh, do, the, I wanna do uh, politics in uh, the camera roll because okay. I think that will be – court politics could be really intriguing. All right. Well, we're deadlocked like we were supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, first up to the mic, it's to break this tie. Oh, shit. Which one has the The Anarchs. Wait, wait, wait. Well, as as uh, as an old person who hates change in young people, <laughs> Chris, no, he's got the power. He's got the power. I'm I'm gonna say pro Camarilla. Yeah, the youth are wrong. The ivory tower shall never fall. But I brought this shovel. Wait, <laughs> no, they don't have a book for that yet. Yep. Um, it's yeah. not official. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so do you have saying, a book for it, Michael? So. We're going to be playing a Camarilla game. Yay. Uh, all right. Yay. So let's talk characters. Ryan, who's your character? I'm going to still mildly damn the man by playing a Bruja. Okay. So Bruja, not officially part of the Camarilla right now. But, but and to tribute because they don't damn the man the way I want to damn the man. Fair enough. By okay. being the man. So we've got a Bruja. Uh. That's an interesting choice. Uh, Matthew, what do we got here? I don't know. I think I want to I want to do something. He's kind of a loner. Uh, he's kind of just going to sit in the corner. Oh, he's going to uh, wear a black trench coat? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking black trench coat. Um, Probably, like, learn, like, because he's a vampire, he's been around for a really long time. He probably learned, like, ancient, like, uh, martial arts secrets of some sort. Okay, so now we're going to illustrate a point. <laughs> Sometimes players come up with stupid characters <laughs> that, don't, that don't fit the theme of the game. And I picked one that's not even in the Camarilla, so that <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if Scott was going to call you on oh, that. Oh, absolutely. No, that's fine. Um, he absolutely, he absolutely has, a has a katana. So, at this point, I'm going to have to sort of put my storyteller hat. Yes, two katanas. Um, One's a wakasashi. Shut up. <laughs> and say, Matthew, that character really doesn't fit the, the sort of the, the serious themes that we're going for. Also, it doesn't seem to be kind of a team player, and we are going to be building a coterie here. Essentially, everyone works together and has reasons to not sit in the corner and collaborate. How are you going to temper my red hot blood? Indeed. So I'm going to have to ask you to rethink that character concept, maybe come up with something new. Um, well, so so who's who's a good what's a good clan that can be kind of a loner, but but works good with a group? Toriadors can be distracted by things. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, nah. uh, how's a Nos? Does Nos sound good? Like, Nosferatu's better, and but uh, is it? But what, what, what more than just a Nos? Well, he, he's an information gatherer. Obviously, he's a spy, okay, so he can be okay. kind of a standard spider. nerd. Standard nerd. All right. Okay, <laughs> so we got ourselves a Bruja. We got ourselves a Nosferatu. And what does our third player want to play? First up to the mic. No, uh, uh, this is a fight. Get it? Like, no, no, no. I think we need to call on them. So I don't. No, 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 no. I like the first. I would play. like to play a Doctor Vampire. A what? A vampire doctor. You can play a vampire doctor. You can play a vampire doctor, but, but what, what clan? Man. Or do you, are you familiar with vampire enough to make this decision? Ventrue would actually. A Ventrue vampire doctor. That makes okay. a lot of sense. Be called doc- that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Interesting. Damn it! You made too much sense. <laughs> All right. We weren't prepared for this. Okay. All right. So so we got an interesting little coterie. We got a doctor. We got a spy nos, and we got a well. A bruja. And per Michael's suggestion, he has prey exclusion to, in fact, sick people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cure them? Uh, also, I'm totally cool. People want to shout out, like, like, like things for the game. That's perfectly yeah, cool. We'll, we'll take it from everyone. So, yeah, uh, I've had the no tyranny of the mic. So I have no, no I, love, I, wa- I love watching them scramble. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so, okay, so we've got these three characters. Camarilla, uh, Camarilla game. Okay. Uh, so... Let's talk about what this coterie is all about. All right, uh, all right. What's your ideas, Matt? Uh, 
Ryan. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Come on. Sorry. I'm in. I'm in. A, I'm in a mode here, man, dude. Well, yeah, I guess players all. <laughs> I guess players all look the same to you. Yeah, they all do. Um, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, let's let's say that one of our sires, who is kind of a higher up muckety muck, has sent us. I don't know. After something important in underground Atlanta. Okay, so going on to Underground Atlanta. All right, Matthew, what do you want to add to that? Uh, underground Atlanta, doing that kind of stuff. Um, uh, underground, ah, ah, Underground Atlanta is definitely. Uh, I want a lot of like, a lot of like turf war stuff. Okay. So like Cam, the Cam, and but Underground Atlanta and the area around is kind of like contested. Okay. Like contested zone. So our coterie is definitely there to be like the first. Like the spearhead of like a movement into the underground. Okay, so you're you're securing that turf. Yeah, we're going to secure and, it for okay, for our sire that's or cool. our like collective muckety muck. All right. So uh, what does our third player want to add? To Someone this? come fuck this up. Come. On. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a point of order. That's actually a very appropriate thing. Of like, hey, you don't want one personality to overtake all of the conversation. Yeah, but no, so, no, 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 no. Not saying you're doing. I'm saying everyone gets a turn. Um, just to zero. throw a spanner, maybe, or what make you adapt to it. Underground Atlanta's haunted. Okay. Oh, shit, sure. there's ghosts. Oh, no, right. Oh, no, ghosts. <laughs> so, not oh. just politics. Oh, no, okay. not spoops. All right. Cool. All right. <laughs> 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 Maybe haunts <of> political ghosts. <laughs> political <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> so, we're actually talking about legit wraiths here. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, is wraith a very political game? I've never played it. Yes. It can be. Yeah. It can be. <laughs> um, actually, well, the one Atlanta source book that White Wolf put out was in fact Necropolis Atlanta. Yep. So it Atlanta's more a race city than it is a vampire city. It did have it did have a little bit of Atlanta by night in it. Um, I may have had to do this because I'm running an Atlanta based vampire game. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so okay, so we've got the coterie is kind of this forward guard trying to take the this underground Atlanta turf that is infested by ghosts. Uh, yeah, take it from the ghosts, or may, uh, like you know, maybe there's Giovanni in there or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about personal interactions. Okay. So, Ryan, what is one thing that you like about Matthew's Nosferatu? Oh God, <laughs> I don't take compliments well. Oh. I like the, I like when he fixes my computer. Oh, oh okay. okay. So now I'm a, let's, I'm a let's techie. Let's that out yeah. to admire his technical savvy. Oh. <laughs> now, now, I will say that in a true session zero, we would have probably gone through like making the characters uh, so that there's the thing. But we're, we're spitballing here. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. So, uh, Matthew, what's one thing that you like You like, like. about Ryan's Ruha? Uh, it's a combination of like, admire, and jealous. He has very good style. Oh, thank okay. You. He likes his style. He kind of wishes he could do that because he himself is a little bit of rebel, but he's a little bit more tied to the Camarilla and all that jazz. He has to keep toe the party line a little bit more. All right. Well, I'd like a member of the audience to come up to the mic to uh, to fill in some information about Doctor Ventru. Uh, Doctor Acula. Doctor Acula. Get out. All right. So. Have you ever been chest bumped by Diane? You'll you assert, you assert that power, ma'am. So, uh, what does uh, one thing that Dr. Ventru like about Matthew's character? I like his collection of origami animals. Okay, Excellent. note it. I like uh, yep. So, Ryan, what's one thing that you like about Dr. Ventru? Mm, I like how you keep your life, normal life together, even though you're in a really weird situation with your whole vampirism problem. <laughs> I dig it. And uh, what is you a, like about Dr. Uh, Dr. Venture? You feed my uh, crippling uh, 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 drug blood addiction. Like, I, I'm behooven to you. You have the hookup for me. All right. So, small blood bond. Okay, small blood bond. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dr. Venture, one thing that you like about Matthew's character. You already oh, did that. Already did that. that. Okay, right, sorry. Yeah. He's, you're supposed Blah. to take notes. Uh, I like that Ryan's character is secretly a big softy when it comes to us and likes to protect us. Ooh. All right. Thank you very much. That was great. All right. So, Matthew. Oh, God. Hold on. What's one thing that you don't like about Ryan's character? Let's think. Uh, I do not like about Ryan's character, his Bruja anti-tribute, that he's a turncoat. 
Oh, that's that's spicy. All right, right. Of your former allegiances, uh, he heaves you the side eye about a lot of it. And I hate that you're a fucking pushover. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Somebody else be Dr. Ventura. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love... Oh, this is great. Excellent. I, I love the scrambling. <laughs> anyway, so... Hold Do- it down. Dr. Ventura, what's one thing you dislike about uh, Mr. Nosferatu here? I hate that he has to whistle every time he walks. Ooh. Oh. You are so- the worst Nosferatu I've ever <laughs> <laughs> So is that just like because like he's got a hole in his cheek and like passing through it? Or I may I may have to I have to I may have to instill as part of the session zero go. We may need to rethink that one because that's going to get a may be hard to do at the table all the time. And that's another thing that we're bringing up. It's a, it's a yes and situation, but sometimes you do have to have your authority to put your no, especially when you're talking about other people's characters and sort of the interactions. If something doesn't make you comfortable about another player's or a GM's suggestion, you're within your rights to assert, no, this is my boundary. I, I don't want to have that be a part of right. this situation. But one thing we could try to do is like turn it a little sideways and narrow it down a little mm-hmm. bit. Maybe he does have an annoying whistle when he's doing something, such as, I don't know, like when he's... When he's doing his techie ventru or the techie nose thing, he when he he whistles as he types because typing isn't actually something you're going to be doing manually at the table. So, but we can all comment upon it when he's you know making his technology. Yeah, like when it. he's doing that or is like very deep in thought when he's not when he's not thinking about it, he'll start whistling and it annoys the shit out of everyone, just everyone because he's not a good whistler, especially since he doesn't is have that, lips. So is that cool with you? Is that good? All right. And good. so, what's one thing that you, that Doctor Ventru does not like about Ryan's Bruja? You have a very large collection of specimen jars. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're learning new things. Uh-oh. Are there things in them? Oh, I bet. Well, there wouldn't be specimen oh, jars so if there wasn't. Ah, oh, man, I took the conspicuous consumption fall off. Oh. Oh. Or you just keep teeth. I just keep the teeth. Okay. Like, you beat the crap out of people and you I'll keep just, teeth. I keep what falls off. Got it. Oh. Thank you, Dr. Venture. That's some yeah. good stuff. Yay. Thank you. Alrighty, so let's move on. Uh, let's talk about themes. Let's talk about some mm-hmm. things that we do or do not want to see as part of the game. Uh, Ryan, what what's something that you would really like to see as part of this game? A little bit of dashing adventure. Dashing adventure, so some some like blade level stuff. Right? Some daring do, daring yes. do, some, some okay. rooftop chases. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are rooftops if not to be chased over? <laughs> Matthew, what's something that you would definitely like to see in this game? Um, I definitely want to see a lot of infighting in the Camarilla. Okay, okay. So you want the cam to be knives out. Yeah, knives out with each other, and we're kind of caught in the crossfire of it. All right, I need stand-in for Dr. Ventru. Oh, there you go. Uh, you got to get it. Uh, I would like it to be slowly revealed over the course of the, of the game that uh, we're the bad guys. Oh, are we the baddies? Are we the, are baddies? We the baddies? We're the baddies. Uh, all I had to say is I need a hat with a skull on it. That's if we're going to do they that. Do have, they've got skulls on them. Yeah, but the Sabbat didn't make our outfits. Um, <laughs> um, okay, we're the baddies. You've I had that it. one in the chamber. Good stuff. Um, I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that. Okay. Yep. All right, so, Ryan. We already established it was haunted. Then we can come to determine that we are responsible for a lot of the ghosts that we're doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ooh. Love it. Uh, okay, Ryan. What's something you really kind of don't want to be in this game? The Sabbat. You don't like the Sabbat? Okay, the Sabbat aren't around. I don't. Let's let's Fine, be the let, let's be our <laughs> let's be our own. Oh Michael, let's be our own boogeyman. Okay. Yeah, All yeah, right. I'm I'm down with that. I like okay. that idea. Right. Um, what we don't why what I don't want. Um, I'm not in the mood, uh, and we'll take and use this as an example. I'm not in the mood for anything that deals with a lot of a like like harsh abuse i'm okay with manipulating people but i don't want to deal with any of those issues that you don't, are you don't want that on screen i don't want it on the screen if it's on the backstory leave it in the backstory so, or leave it off screen i'll just for... get my coat then <laughs> <laughs> all right okay well we'll it, it may it may be happening yes but it won't be front and center you only maybe we'll see glimpses of it uh but it's not going to be a prominent theme all right stand in for dr venture who's up what's something you don't want in this game um, hmm. Something I don't want in this game. You on the left. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Specifically, damn. 
That's a question that I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> Object, what I don't want. <laughs> oh boy. Bears. <laughs> they are godless killing machines. They are. Yeah. Um, but no. Uh, what do I not want? You, you. Oh yes, deep, deep romances. Okay, so you you want to keep the romance light, if if at yes. all. Okay. So sure. all right. I think sure. we all I think we all had our fill of vampire romance in the aughts. Yeah. <laughs> I also am not feeling comfortable about playing either of these two's boyfriends or girlfriends. So uh, yeah, no, I'm good with that. Uh, uh, just. Uh, just for all the, of your boyfriends. Uh, well, uh, okay, audience. If it's a hive mind, for uh, audience player of Doctor Venture, for you, we'll have some one-on-one scenes. <laughs> um, uh, for uh, for the audience that can't obviously is not here and cannot see us, I'm doing all of the eyebrow wiggles right wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. now. You're not missing anything. Hey, yeah. Uh, okay. Fine. So what, ex- Mr. Okay. GM? All right. Well, something that since we're talking about Vampire the Masquerade, uh, fifth edition, they do some cool stuff with humanity and convictions and and uh, the, the the touchstones that are connected to those convictions. So let's delve into the system a little bit more. Ryan, what is one of your character's convictions? Oh, does are they do they still do like the virtue like the standard? It's virtues? basically it's it's a it's an it's a moral statement that you cling to. Like I won't kill. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he does Always. have the jar. Of I, I'm just saying that's an example in the book, literally in the book. I don't, I don't. The teeth are dead, though. They're very dead. Oh, yeah. I only do fair fights. Okay, so you only do fair fights. So uh, along with that, vampire connects to your conviction a touchstone. This is a mortal that sort of represents that conviction, and you have a special connection to or relationship with it sort of anchors you to your humanity. So who represents who's a person that represents that conviction? My former boxing coach who had cancer and the cam paid for his treatment and that is why I turned. Oh boy. Okay. Ooh, spicy right. spicy. So Matthew, what is one of your convictions? <sighs> um that's a good question. Um yeah, uh, I will never. Uh, I will. Uh, I will. Uh, once I've taken a job, I will not stop until I finish the job. Okay, stay till and the job's done. So, who is the touchstone associated with that? Um, there is. That would be. That's going to be. He can't do. Can't. I can't do my sire because that's another vampire. He nope. has to be immortal. Um, that would be. Uh, that's going to be his. Uh, oh, uh, his daughter. His living daughter, uh, okay. who's now much older because he got embraced a while back and she has grown up and had a family of her own. So it's kind of her, and by extension, her family around that. Okay. And so she's a very stick-to-itive sort of person. Yeah. Well, she realized he did a lot of things for her, and he knows that it has to be worth it in the end. And so that he is the, 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 the level of his conviction towards getting a job done. Okay. So I need another stand-in for Dr. Ventru. Oh, uh, no, 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 he's no, got no, it. You know, he's got it. He's got it. Sit down, Chris. Sit down, Chris. Uh, the conviction will be he will always uphold the, um, the Hippocratic Oath to help whoever. Okay, so yeah. do no harm. Yeah. Okay, and who who is the touchstone that's sort of associated with that? Um, that would be the person who sired him. Okay, uh, it has to be immortal. Okay, uh, then it will be... Um, is a resident when he was in med, med school. Ah, okay. Always, so a, even, even against the hospital's best wishes, they would always treat the person, even if it would cost them their job or whatever. We have a Dr. Cox situation. From we do have him. <laughs> oh, no. Fantastic. I love it. He was actually. Man. Oh, I didn't. That, oh, man. That was deep lore. Um, <laughs> okay. So. Those are personal convictions. Yep. There's also something called table convictions, yep. which is basically it's not something that you, your character, personally cleaves to, uh, but it is something that is sort of universally true about this specific vampire campaign. And yep. normally there's three of them. So da 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 da. Um, uh, they're, uh, so to clarify, they're called tenants. They're tenants. Yeah. yeah not convictions. They're yeah. chronicle tenants. They're basically the ideas of the of the game itself. And to, to sort of get into mechanics a little bit here, these tenets and convictions are the things that if you violate, if your character violates them, will put a stain on your humanity and basically make you more monstrous or make give it a chance to become more monstrous and lose control of your, your character's human nature. So, Ryan, what is one of the Chronicle tenets? 
He says universal. It's not specific to I your know, character. I know these are harder actually. Yeah, they but, are. And this this is actually. If you a, want to think about? It, I'll yeah, this is also an example. Of, <laughs> this is more of a instead of one person coming up with it, we, including the GM, yeah. has to have input into it. Yeah, so but we're it, sticking to the format. So. Okay. <laughs> um, I would say one of the tenets would be based on what we know about the game, and mm-hmm. that it's going to have some political intrigue. We're going to deal with underground Atlanta. Um, uh, uh, so we are. Uh, so the I think the table tenant was we are loyal to our own. Okay, so like, loyal, you're loyal to the cause. Loyal to the cause. So okay. all of us, all of the universes that ideas is uh, basically we are in it to get it done to to be collectively okay with getting so you, something. You done. follow the orders of the prince. You yes. follow the orders of the sheriff. You are loyal members of the Camarilla, yeah. and you will not betray them. We are proper bootlickers. Yeah. Indeed. So Matt, we are the baddies. Uh, so Ryan, oh, sorry, oh, I keep doing mother. that to you, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, and Ryan, what's the ten- Chronicle Tenant? Uh, okay, sorry. Yes. I was like, ah, <gasps> <gasps> uh, shit. You want to throw this to Doctor Venture? Doctor Venture, go. go. All right, go. I need a, I need a Doctor Venture. I can build off it if I have to. There you go. All right, Doctor Venture, what is our what is our second? So bad. What is our second Chronicle Tenant? Working for the betterments of Atlanta. Okay, Ooh. all right, so sit. Gentrification of underground Atlanta for the win. <laughs> hey, hey, th- this is Camarilla, so. Oh, and that's again. It's better for the city and their tax base. <laughs> uh, but, but again, uh, the, the general one of, hey, uh, for the betterment of Atlanta, okay, that can be interpreted in many ways, but also it can be interpreted in many ways that we are breaking that. So it's a good tenant. It's yeah, a good it way of. It's a very good tenant. Yes. Uh, so, Ryan, do you got one, or do we want another one from Dr. Venture? No, it's all right. The Masquerade by Any Means Necessary. Oh, okay. Ooh. Fantastic. Oh, which is cool, because that can come in conflict to some of the other ones, oh, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a really good mayor that's really going to help the city, but he knows about us, and he's not willing to play ball. So, snappy, snappy, necky, necky. <laughs> Indeed. All right, all right. right. We got about eight minutes to go before we are done with this panel. We will happily take question, last minute questions. It could be anything RPG related. Also, thank you, by the way. You guys did an amazing job. Oh, yeah, that was fantastic. Awesome. I actually want to play this game now. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, any questions, any comments, any stories? Tell us about your character. I mean, (laughs) anything. Tell us about your dude. You can tell us. What we really actually kind of set this time aside for is one time where someone actually had to get, like, checked real hard at the table for being a dummy. So if you got one of those stories, I like those. That's a good suggestion. But anything, really. No, that's fine. It's fine. In fact, this one's uh, really relevant lately uh, because um, I'm getting ready for a session zero. And one of the things I've noticed, having done a couple of these, is I think I might be that player. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm that player. I get it. You understand this. What do you mean by that player? The one who wants to play off the rails slightly of the, I had an idea. It's not quite what we were talking about, but I have an idea. So, you know, what do you, what do you do with that? I mean, and again, it's not anything, it's not anything on the personal, but it's the, okay, you have your ideas about game. Everybody else has their ideas about game, but there's that one person that's like, Hey, it's really cool. Can I have it? Like, what do you Mm -hmm. do? So I think that's a perfect thing to talk about during session zero is, You've got this concept you really want to play. It doesn't quite mesh with the other players or the, the scenario as a whole. That's where you sort of enter into collaborative storyteller mode of how how do we make this fit? How does the, the game change to accommodate your character? And how much of your con- your concept you're willing to change to fit in with everything? Uh, so basically, it's, it's kind of a back and forth give and take to put that square peg into that round hole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, and I mm-hmm. think that unless it's totally like, you know, trench coat wielding, uh, trench coat wearing, <laughs> sunglasses at night, katana, I only go out alone. He was a katif, by the way. I was going to say he was a katif. Oh, God damn. <laughs> um, like 14th generation. Yeah, no, yes. no, no, no. He was seventh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, of course he was. Um, but anyway, yeah, it, it, uh, unless... There's just truly irreconcilable differences. You just basically, you talk it out. You work it out. You basically, you know, make suggestions about what could be changed or altered to make it all fit and work. Because an oddball character, someone that isn't quite in line with everything else, can lead to some very interesting drama and role play. But it needs to be done in such a way that it's not disruptive. 
because, because the problem with snowflakes is sometimes yeah. it becomes all about them, and that's the one thing you got to avoid, especially at a bigger table. Oh, because everyone uh, that's this has happened. We've talked about snowflake situation before. Is that a lot of people at the table, especially when you're younger um, and especially new to role playing, a lot of them are like, "I want to do, I want to be a drow who's good." Um, when they're typically evil, who has a panther and two swords, shove it, Drist. <laughs> <laughs> they all they all want to try to do the special concept. They all want to be super unique, and there's actually a problem in one D and D game we had. Everyone because it's three point five, and you can put anything together into and was mass chaos when you make characters because everyone had 20 books they could pull from. It was like from. a really stupid erector set. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and so it was the idea of like, but we're all these like half dragon, drow, mage, magic fire, whatever. I'm Who a baragast. Yeah. Uh, just really weird concept. And then it goes like, well, Why? it's be more about how unique you are and not the story of the character and like the story of the game as you guys are together. Um, unless the GM is totally cool with that. You're, AKA, walk, you're walking stat blocks at that point. You're not people. Yeah. So, and so that's what you want to try to avoid. To the, yeah. You know, tell, tell us how the cool thing makes your story Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think we have time for one last question. So, excellent. With the session zero that we just communally Mm -hmm. did, do you necessarily recommend going that deep into the sort of plot you want to do? Because I could see, you know, we were the bad guys the whole time. We caused the ghost issue being a cool plot twist that the DM presents, but I could also see it being very frustrating for the players to have their accomplishments maybe yanked out from under We were mostly just rolling with it. We were just rolling with it. Uh, See... uh, Yeah, that's the... Oh, sorry. You uh, got it. So I'm I'm gonna... I'm gonna go come at this one from left field, but I promise it'll come around to the end. Um, (laughs) There Uh, was a show a couple years ago, and it it makes me sad that it was as long ago as it was, called Babylon 5. Uh, And every week... Almost every week, yeah, I'm, I'm dating myself, um, every week they would show a preview for the next episode, and most often they would show something in that preview that in any other show would be considered a huge spoiler, like something like a huge event that you would think any other show would take great pains to not reveal. But every time when you watch the show, how that thing happened, the series of events that led up to that big moment was something completely unexpected. So even though you know that this thing happened, everything that led up to it shaped and sort of undercut that spoiler moment so that you were left with some truly shocking surprises, even though you know you saw character A shoot character B in the back. Um, but why it happened, how it happened, whether it was actually a real thing was always a question and it was always up in the way. And you can do something like that when you're sort of painting in broad strokes in session zero of, yeah, we were the baddies or we caused this, ha- this haunting, but the details behind all of that, right. that's something that a, G- a DM or a storyteller can hold close to the chest and dole out time and time again so that when we sort of get to that big reveal moment, it's it's as shocking as though you didn't knew nothing, because that's how it worked out. Uh, because here's the thing, just because we're the baddies doesn't mean we're to the who? baddies about the uh, the ghost in Underground Atlanta. Yeah. We could be the baddies for something else. Who are we the baddies to, and, how did, and who were those ghosts, and yeah. what the hell did we do to make a place that haunted, or did we make the place that haunted? That is true. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, that's true. I Man, just I give them nothing work. I take their canvas away. <laughs> yeah, but you do provide a lot of uh, work for them. It's true. <laughs> in fact, you're in bed with Big Dentist. You asshole. <laughs> big Dentist. Hey, when you big go- teeth. You're in bed with Big Teeth. <laughs> if, if, you, if you go fascist, go full fascist. <laughs> no half measures. <laughs> All right, everybody. I think that's going to wrap it up. Thank you very much for coming. Those to were great panel. questions. Yeah, Those were fantastic questions. So I think we have a little spiel we have to go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, so first thing, if you are interested in the show, we are Polyhedron on pretty much any podcatcher, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all that fun thing. You can find us on Twitter at Polyhedroncast. Um, you can find me personally at Bioimportance on Twitter. 
I'm at Divis Malkav. And I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S. Um, also, if you really like the show, you can become a patron. Um, it's patreon.com slash polyhedron. You can give us a buck a month. Not only do you get the normal show, you'll get our, uh, uh, our basically our patron content after show, which is us just talking about whatever the hell we feel like. Usually Marvel, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, um, games. And you will also, anytime we can do an actual play, which we have a couple up now, you also get that. So you like for literally a buck a month, you get like six or seven hours of us. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, know. You know what? Now that you say it, I don't it, it, it's, it's all archived, so you get it from the beginning. Get it from and the I believe, yeah, Matthew, you've got some business cards that have the yeah. information for the show out. So um, if, yeah. if you're interested, come forward. We'll get it. Uh, also, one last thing. Everyone's got that app. Probably has the app, the MedicalCon. Please give us a thumbs up and give us reviews about this panel if you want us to come back. Because we would like love to come back and have Momos have us come back. Yeah, this this kicked the crap out of the 1 a.m. one. I <laughs> yeah, it did. It was great. Yay. Thank you, everybody. Everybody. Bye. Oh, yeah. We forgot to say our thing. Yeah, say your thing. So, from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Hey, Matthew here. I just wanted to let you know, if you want to get feedback to Polyhedron, you can go to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the show's Twitter handle at polyhedroncast. And finally, just so we can wrap it up here, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere, give us a five-star review. It really helps our exposure. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>